Welcome, I'm Anastasia Glova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Full and edited versions of our podcasts are available on our website at www.cato.org. Today at the Cato Institute, University of Chicago Associate Professor of Political Science Robert Pape presents his book, Dying to Win, The Strategic Logic of Suicide Terrorism. What motivates terrorists to act on their beliefs? How can they be stopped? Director of Foreign Policy Studies Christopher Preble addresses these questions in today's podcast. What has America learned or failed to internalize since September 11, 2001? Well, I think we've certainly learned what works in terms of killing and capturing al-Qaeda operatives. We had some success in the capture of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and Ramzi bin al-Shiv, the leading architects of the 9-11 attacks. And what we should have learned, and I think in large measure we have, is that these kinds of successes are won through a combination of patient intelligence analysis in cooperation usually with our foreign partners, and not often, these kinds of victories are not often won by military means. Obviously, the removal of the Taliban from power in Afghanistan is also an important part of the war on terrorism and was was a combination of both military force and CIA and other intelligence agencies working with our local partners. So what we've learned in fighting this war is it's not fought like any other, and it won't be going forward. And I think what we've failed to internalize is where we have kind of slipped into that tendency to think that we can solve this problem by military means. And clearly the attack on Iraq, the removal of Saddam Hussein from power, and now the occupation that's dragged on for three and a half years has really undermined our efforts in the war on terrorism. So I think there have been some successes. I think it's a case of two steps forward, one step back. We need to be going forward. We need to be really focused on the enemy, on al-Qaeda, on those people who are capable and intent on killing Americans and harming us here and really avoiding the kind of quagmire that we're in in Iraq right now. Is there a strategic logic to suicide terrorism, as Robert Pape argues in his book? Robert Pape, in his book about suicide terrorism that came out last year, he outlines the nature of suicide terrorism and explains that because so much suicide terrorism is part of an orchestrated campaign, because it is directed by organizations that use religion as a tool to recruit followers, but who are really pursuing oftentimes secular aims, that is not what we think of as religious objectives, but a more secular aim of driving, for example, foreign military forces out of their territory. Also, he determines that most suicide terrorism has been directed against democracies. And this logic, this sense that there is a logic and a kind of pattern to suicide terrorism really undermines the notion that this is a purely irrational act or that it is purely a kind of nihilistic or undirected kind of thing. This is quite an orchestrated campaign. It typically is an orchestrated campaign. And he goes into some detail on this. In the paper that he's written for Cato, Professor Pape has revisited some of his research and looked in particular at Iraq and at some of the recent attacks in London, the London bombings last year and the attempted attacks or the foiled attacks last month in August, and determines that much of his original research is absolutely valid, but it also shows just how troublesome a foreign military occupation is, even when the occupation, in the case of Iraq, for example, does not directly affect British Muslims, for example. Some British Muslims are motivated to wage attacks by virtue of this presence, by virtue of the British policy in support of the American policy. So the paper is very consistent with the book and I think confirms that there is this strategic logic and it offers some pretty important guidelines for how we would deal with the terrorism problem going forward. It's much easier to understand suicide terrorism through the lens of religious martyrdom. 
how can terrorists be persuaded to give up their lives for a secular goal? Well, clearly, the religious martyrdom angle or the martyrdom angle is used to recruit would-be suicide bombers. And part of this is a consideration of what would happen not just to the suicide terrorists themselves, but also to their families and to their communities. Of course, terrorist organizations have used kind of a social service network or a promise of support for would-be suicide bombers and their families so that if an attack is successful and a person does commit suicide, that their family will be provided for. And the community that they come from will also benefit perversely from this attack. And you saw this as, again, not at all unique or exclusive to Muslims. The Tamil Tigers in Sri Lanka also used a similar technique of really promoting and drawing attention to how a suicide can actually ultimately benefit the community as a whole. It's perverse, but again, the evidence supports this very, very strongly. What changes should be made in U.S. strategy on the war on terrorism now? Well, clearly, I think that the war in Iraq, and particularly the extent to which the war in Iraq has transitioned from a war to remove Saddam Hussein from power to a war to try to hold back or hold down the ethnic and sectarian tensions inside of Iraq, because this conflict has transformed so dramatically, it actually is even more urgent for the United States to reorient its policy, to set forward a plan, a timetable for removing troops from Iraq. I've always said that it should be within a year time frame that this process would embolden the Iraqi people, the Iraqi leadership, to take control of security in their own country, and most importantly, ultimately, perhaps they could, in fact, be an ally in the war on terrorism, but it would also enable us to redirect our assets, both our military but also our diplomatic and intelligence assets, to fighting al-Qaeda and focusing on al-Qaeda. That's what we have not been able to do, and in fact, the occupation, because it has become such a recruiting tool for al-Qaeda and like-minded groups, is really counterproductive to what we're trying to achieve in the war on terrorism. In your estimation, what is the most significant, glaring mistake the Bush administration has made in the war on terrorism? Well, I do think that the decision to attempt to link the war in Iraq with the war on terrorism was a mistake. And I believed that back in March of 2003 when the war was started. And I think virtually everything that we've learned since then confirms that. Ironically, there is much more terrorism in Iraq emanating from Iraq than there ever was prior to removing Saddam Hussein from power. So again, rather perversely, it may be more true today that Iraq is connected to the war on terrorism than it was before. But the error, the flaw in the president's logic is in believing that we can solve this problem by continuing the current course, because clearly the trends are not moving in a good direction there. And we do not have a realistic military strategy for achieving victory. Success in Iraq will be achieved by the Iraqi people through a political process, hopefully. But the United States is not in a position, the U.S. military is not in a position to manage that process going forward. This has been Cato Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening.